0: Special,
1: special presentation of the Toledo Matters podcast. i to you live.
0: From, well, from no, live but special, uh, just live a special recording. Special live. We can't say recorded. it was live. Toledo Matters. Well, it was recorded
1: live. I mean, everything's recorded live, right? I guess that's that's kind so of so. Just true. say a, this is a special presentation, special, a special presentation. episode.
0: Welcome everybody to the special presentation of the Toledo Matters podcast. With you is uh, Bob Tucker, Danny, and myself, Nathan. Yeah, that works yeah
2: (laughs) so uh, what we're doing today for this episode and this is we're not counting this as a numbered episode and it's a special one yeah it's a special one and it's it's part one of two because otherwise it's just too long uh, how long would it be together,
0: Nate? Like, like two hours. Two that's hours. that's no one has the attention span for that. I mean, yeah,
2: I listen to four hour podcasts
0: sometimes, but well, you're okay. you're the special niche yeah, group of people. I, I'm who very do that. Special. okay. So yeah. here's here's <laughs>
1: what happened, ladies and gentlemen. We got invited out to the user experience conference put on by the Toledo region, specifically this time about product management and user experience. They invited us out there to be their official storytelling partner of the of the conference. So all day we sat in a little room in the back at the Toledo Museum of Art, which was amazing. Thank in you. The,
0: in the red room, surrounded yep. by Matisse. It was Thank really you cool. To everyone. And, yep, definitely. Thanks to everyone for having us there and getting it all set up for us.
1: So we had the opportunity to sit down and talk with conference goers and conference planners about what kind of stuff's in user experience and what they're doing throughout the day and just kind of what their background is. And of course and we have them and how favorite. bad our
0: website is. Yeah. How bad our website <laughs> is.
2: But you My know, bad. it was more than just user experience too. I mean, we got mm-hmm. to hear a lot more about interesting things that people are doing that we probably wouldn't have heard. Like about that the movie, the pie day, die day. That'll yeah, be part two. That's part two. So Wait stay tuned. Yeah.
0: I don't think it was mostly not user experience. It was no, really yeah. more just about the people that were there um and which is of course which probably is more interesting we yeah asked everyone
1: what their favorite hidden gem was so, yep. so we did we did discover some new stuff out.
0: so definitely um tune into both episodes i think this was a uh, really interesting stuff and it's a little change up from um you know the one long interview to a bunch of kind of shorter ones so yeah
2: and it was a lot of fun for us to to get out of our comfort zone and, and go and a, yep. little a little mobile little mobile record studio. somewhere else yeah. and i think it still sounds really great um, and, uh, right? hopefully, hopefully <laughs> I haven't done the editing yet. So we'll see, but it, it
0: did sound good in the headphones. So, yeah.
2: So to explain how we're breaking this up part one, which you're listening to now, uh, has the two organizers of the conference, uh, Keith and stone and Stuart Birch, and we'll talk to them about the conference and their backgrounds and what they do. And they're pretty interesting guys. So, yeah, for sure. So that's part one, part two is just a grab bag of conference attendees. Uh, we kind of invited anybody at the conference to to come stop by our room and and talk to us if they wanted to, and we had a
0: a few took a little coaxing, but yeah,
2: uh, no, mm. I, I, yeah. We, <laughs> I mean, funny. we have like six six-ish? Six-ish, six ish, six ish, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> One super fan,
2: yeah. Doug Mullet, our super our super fan, was there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I
1: like your notes on that.
2: <laughs> super, <laughs> so, I just put super fan. <laughs> so all, all those folks are part two, and uh, we th- we think it both it turned out pretty well. So hopefully, you enjoy it. So with us right now is Keith Instone. Welcome, Keith. Hi, how you Instone. doing? Good.
1: Organized this whole thing, brought yeah. us out here. So grateful to be here. Thank you, Keith. Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks,
2: thanks for joining us. So yeah, yeah. We, we
3: get together about once a year to do these virtual conferences, and we're always trying to invite more folks and uh, love what you guys are trying to do. So, you know, if you want to talk to the cool kids in town <laughs> today, they're at the art museum. Yeah. And cool. I'm, I so, won't tap
0: the table anymore. How, how, how is the, uh, how's it going so far?
3: so far so good so no technology glitches right That's so good. our That's our, good. our speakers are coming to us over the internet so you know i talk to the museum folks if your internet goes down today it's not people good. will just go home <laughs> well no we'll, we'll go spend time at the
2: watching art Sure. Right. You know, looking yeah. at the art. And Go look at the sneakers, yeah. W- we'll, we'll make the best of it. So, so. Are, are, are these speakers pre-recorded? Or are they live talking right now as you're, you... The, these are live.
3: Yeah. And mm-hmm. so the, the first speaker had a deck. The speaker that's on right now is actually, he has a Sharpie and he's drawing on a piece of paper as he talks. Cool. And he's, you know, literally making it up as he goes
2: along. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just in there grabbing more coffee and, and I saw that. Like it, it was yeah. doodling and doodling and doodling. And And last year we had somebody who actually used some sort of tablet. So he was
3: he was doodling but then half the time he could pull up a menu and like insert icons and so on so okay. he was a little bit more he was efficient
0: really good at the ux stuff then <laughs> yes and so so yeah
3: so he had a, this this one is just more simple of uh you know how a professor would be writing on the chalkboard in the sure. old days Sure, um mm-hmm. but it but it adds a nice touch to it versus and then they being got, a can talk they got right. a
1: camera looking down on him as yeah. he draws yeah. right. so yeah.
2: if you look at the screen right now in there yeah. it's a guy's hand with with colored sharpies as he on a piece of paper as he's right. talking oh great cool yeah. Okay. so yeah and so given that you know, you think
3: of like, hey, this is a very professional yeah. person and we're st- he's still winging it and making it up <laughs> as he goes along because that's sort of the, the nature of the business that we're in. People sure. are constantly just winging it like this. Right. So uh,
2: let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Y- your, your business that you are in is, is, does involve UX, right?
3: Right. So, yeah, I do user experience consulting for companies. Yeah. Um, I usually just tell them um, I'll help them make their technology easy to use. Yeah. <laughs> they may have apps that they've built that for some reason they don't get adopted well, or they have, you know, maybe corporate applications that, that the employees use, but they hate it, right? <laughs> and so some things corporate, corporations do, it's okay to have your employees hate it, but usually in general, you don't want them to hate stuff, <laughs> yeah, right? right? Yeah. You know, the, you know, you want them to enjoy the food in the cafeteria, and you want them to enjoy the software that they use when they're sitting at their desk every day. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so I usually come in sort of, you know, I'm, Uh, Designing screens, but I always then ask really hard questions about why the screens are this way. Sure. You know, why are they in the the order from one, two, three? Because usually when I talk to the employees, they wanted an order three, two, one. Sure. So then we have larger discussions um, about how to figure out what is the right order Hmm. because there's often conflicting business goals. Yeah. Um, from different parts of the business or sometimes it's too hard to build it in the right order. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I can spend, uh, sometimes I spend a lot of time with the technology folks saying, hey, we can build it. And if the company's committed to it, then, then it's worth building. Right. right. Um so I usually end up having those sort of discussions around how important is this technology, how much money do you want to spend on it and and then like what they're talking about here is how do we get the teams to collaborate? Because what happens yeah. in large companies, things get siloed, right? The marketing right. people are good at marketing and the IT folks are good at coding and they have a hard time talking to each other. Sure. So I'll often just draw pictures similar to what Jeff Patton is doing, really crude pictures, because I am not an artist, right. but it's a good enough picture for the business folks to say, that's what I want. And then the tech folks
2: can say, I think I can build that and then,
3: then we can fine tune it beyond
2: that. Yeah. Yeah, Right. And it seems, uh, from the little we've, well, from whom we've talked to so far, a lot of UX work is about, um, gathering data from users and, and rather than on high saying, oh, I think it should be like this. No, actually talk to users and, and, uh, and that's gather that data.
3: That's a big part of it. Yeah. So for a, a lot of, you know, the smaller companies, you know the 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 president of the company is out talking to customers every day and they're very in tune with it as companies get larger then the divides happen um as the technology changes so fast a lot a lot of times the business folks just don't quite understand what's possible and and what works sure um so lo- some of it's just visioning to let them know um what is possible nowadays and what makes sense hmm. um and sometimes it's it's some of the the, the deeper commitment of um committing to your employees or to your customers that they are worth investing in, right? right. So a lot of the people are like, let's set up a website because it's cheap and easy. Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> but if you really want the full value out of it, you have to invest deeper, right? right? right. And again, in the old days, you know, some, some, some business person's high school son or daughter set up their first website. That's okay, right? <laughs> but, you know, if, if you're doing a lot of e-commerce or if you really have a lot of marketing, then, you know, you, you have to call in the professionals. Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of times, well, my law firm, I guess, a couple of years ago went through the process of having a new website. Right. And before that, we had a website that looked like it was designed in, say, 1998, probably, <laughs> probably because it was. Right. And, um, you know, not mobile-friendly, not not friendly, period, at all, really. <laughs> and uh, it was interesting because, you know, we had our own preconceptions that okay, this is what a law firm website should look like. Right. But then, you know, we we... That, that was kind of our own personal views on it. And then when we actually hired somebody and talked to them and they, they gave us great input as to, no, actually you should do X, Y, Z, and right. this is why. And we right. have the data to back that up. And it, that was helpful in that process. Right, and know.
3: some of it's scary because it's actually changing the way we practice law, right? Yeah, and or, the, or the way
2: you market yourself for sure. And
3: then yeah. the way you market it. So yeah. yeah, so there's there's some startups there that are sort of rocking the boat, right? Oh, of there's, course, right, yeah. there's There's purely purely internet Law lawyer companies that yeah. you now have to compete with, yeah. and so Those are bad words. <laughs> <laughs> right. right, and so how do we find the how do we find the right balance? Because you still have expertise, yeah. right? Some yeah. things should be moved online because it's more efficient, and that's better for customers. Well, and, 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 and other things need to stay face to face. And also,
2: how, how can let's get in the weeds a little bit. But how can we law firms kind of adapt to that and and, and be part of that ourselves, mm-hmm. rather than letting you know the legal zooms of the world take right. it over, right? right. Yeah,
3: because right. yeah, because that's often. Um, the lawyers are already using a lot of technology to do research for the cases sure. and things like yeah. that one, but then how can we perhaps, you know, make a lot of times it's more of like a collaboration type platform. Imagine where the, the client and the lawyer are both actually doing like research hand in hand to do the case, right? That The client would be more engaged, the, mm-hmm. the lawyer. I
2: need to have you talk to some right? people. <laughs> so again, again it's just
3: let's, let's start visioning some of those possibilities. I have no idea how to build it or if it's yeah. actually a good yeah. idea, but if we sort of look at it from the from in this case a, a client's a, a legal client point of view, what's possible nowadays with yeah. the technology? And you know, yeah. it's not as simple as setting up a wiki and having them both use it, because that will fail because it's too hard to use. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's well, there's
2: something we could build there. But then you have, I mean, and I'm sure that you see this in all sorts of industries where there's kind of this institutional pressure to, like, not change. <laughs> right, and so... <laughs> to, to, well, yeah. let's just keep doing th- th- things the way we've always done it because that that's worked so far, right? Right, and and that's
3: been a constant theme to the different user experience events that I've gone to is um, if I was hired to perhaps design a new screen, but to make the new screen successful, in the end, I have to change some part of the organization. Right. So for me as a consultant, if I don't have a little bit of change agent in me, sure, then I'm just... Collecting a paycheck from them, and I'm not going to have any effect five years later when sure I'm right. gone. Yeah. So I've been trying to learn a little bit more about that. There's, there's some. Uh, I try to usually hang out with Steve Cady down at BGSU, which would be another good person for your podcast because he's one of the world's leading experts at helping, um, hmm. helping companies do change. Right. And then when I look at something like Root here, yeah. Right. In essence, they're using they're using visuals to help corporations change yep. right they they may not call it ux but in the end they're designing experiences to to deal with change at a corporate level and then that sort of trickles down into into business success yeah.
1: talking about root out of the incubator and then the y combinator no so, no
3: this is, that's roost roost okay okay, okay. Yeah. so this this is root they're in sylvania they okay. used to be called root learning Oh and, right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Now and, I got. And the name. now they're 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 basically management consultants. Or I you know I yeah. you'll have to have them on to let them <laughs> explain <it> themselves. <laughs> yeah. But right as I see more of uh, companies like that doing change. You know, ten years ago they, they did change and they pretty much did it on paper and pencil. Um, when we had our Toledo Web Professionals event there last month, mm-hmm. they were talking about more. They're, they're using lots more technology in order to do that. Right. So they're still drawing these very big pictures. Yeah, and they still need artists, but then they're also, um, you know, implementing technology to then actually help do that change. Um, long after, you know, long after the meeting where everybody gets in the room and they hug each other and say, "Hooray, <laughs> we're, we're going to change." Right. Then, okay, it's all about those that day to day that that uh, information technology. Often, if it's used well day to day, then that's that's that will make or break it. Not not the quality yeah. of the of the of the big group hug. Sure.
0: So, how did you uh, get into this business?
3: Um, I started out as a computer science major at BGSU and then had some uh, mentors that were into human-computer interaction, which is the academic term. So I really just, right so, Interesting. There's, there's,
2: there's, so They don't use UX or user experience. They use
1: human. they don't talk about this at all in marketing <laughs> right. or business. So kind of. so yeah. So there's
3: there's a, there's an actual uh, history behind the profession. So long ago, a bunch of psychologists and technologists started hanging out, and they started sharing information, and that sort of gave birth to this academic discipline called human computer interaction. Cool. And I, I mentioned it because I'm, I'm teaching the class at BGSU this semester, um, and then shameless plug. Thank you. <laughs> Not, it's, it's too late to sign up. But, 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 Especially but, by the time this airs. Yes. But, but some of my students are here, right? So I'm, great. I'm trying to get my students um, involved in this. Um, and then, yes, over time as the industry evolved, it became known as user experience. Why? Mm. Mostly because that's what the executives latched on to as a term, yeah. right? right? <laughs> other terms were design thinking. There's lots of other terms that have come and gone over the years. But at this point, if, if a CIO says... Ah, uh, we need UX. Then I raise my hand and say, I do UX, right? If yeah. the If the CIOs come back tomorrow and they say I need design thinkers, well then I'm going to make a tweak to my business card and I'm also. <laughs> right. So there's there's lots of terms. But for it's what all we do. human computer interaction. Right. Stuff, right. Yeah. right. At the essence is understanding the the human aspect of the world that we build because it's, it's too easy for the technology to dominate and everybody's, you know, heads down into their tech yeah. and they're fiddling <laughs> with their settings. As you
2: touch your cell phone, yeah. Right, yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> Apple's a good poster child for it. Yeah. They spend a lot of time worrying about the design, the shape, the color, the feel. And nowadays, people will pay for that. In the old days, they bought Windows because it was cheaper and they didn't care that the Mac right. was a better user mm-hmm. interface. Right. Yeah. Nowadays, the market shifted. People will pay extra for it, especially... Um, since a lot of consumers are using this for everyday things, right? So for, for my mom, if she's going to buy a cell phone, a smartphone, it's going to have to be extremely easy to use, but it's also going to have to have some power to add some value because she doesn't buy tech just to be fun. Like we do, (laughs) it it has to make her life better. And that means, you know, you know, in essence, spending more time with her grandkids, that's, that's what, you know, that will drive her. Yeah. to buy new technology so we have to design stuff just for the grandmas of the world so they oh, can connect course. with their grandkids.
1: So what yeah. kind of phone would you recommend the grandmas of the world get?
3: I'm not sure. I haven't okay. looked into that one because I <laughs> I'm having you know, this
1: discussion right now with so, my grandma. She's upgrading from the original Motorola Razor and we're trying to figure out what the easiest smartphone yeah. will be. I'm real I happy mean, I, to I, I, I to think say probably
0: Apple. an iPhone is yeah. is the most user friendly. Most around. importantly, I can tell her, hey, Android's, I have this Androids offer a it. lot more flexibility and, and customization, yeah. but grandmas aren't worried about that. They, they want to just turn the thing on and push one button and it comes up and works. Right.
1: She really just wants to play slot machine games. <laughs>
0: right, right. And, and so often it, right,
3: it becomes a discussion of what do you want to do with this, right? And it's use Facebook Messenger, play Candy Crush, right. and three other things, in which case we then go shopping and we, mm-hmm. and we look just for things that can do that but cannot do anything else, right? Because they, right. they, they don't need Skype and they don't need other stuff. Right. Sure. And so I suspect... There's a lot of smart companies out there. There's a product game aimed just for that one, right? Yeah. And it's probably, you know, probably have to watch the, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 the old TV shows, whatever commercials they have during those, you know, when... Uh,
2: Check out Fox News. <laughs> Fox News could be a target
3: market. So, so I'm not quite sure, but, but it usually ends up just, you know, I'm starting to ask those sort of questions about yeah. what they're actually going to do. And then, you know, we, we go online and, and find
1: something. Cool. Is there, uh, is there a common theme of user experience mis- mistakes or mishaps you notice of people, of your clients that you get into? Uh,
3: yes, yeah. there's, there's definitely a theme. So some of, some of the sort of the problems are technology driven sometimes. You okay. can sort of tell like, like engineering is in charge and <laughs> right. Right, in a corporate environment, along comes some new, you know, a new version of SharePoint and they install it. And they just either assume or don't care, that, and they figure that everybody's going to start using it, which out, without yeah. thinking ahead of time, they'll say, "Well, we'll just train everybody on how to use new SharePoint." Well, we should think about it some more up front, because we can either make SharePoint a whole lot better, or maybe you shouldn't buy SharePoint, Right. right? Mm-hmm. which again is a Microsoft product. That if you're in the corporate world, that's your default, and so yeah. right, yeah. and so um, so there's definitely sometimes it's technology driven, sometimes it's more artist driven. Yeah, right. So there's a lot of like. Um, uh, startup companies and maybe e-commerce companies where you can tell there's an artist they're creating awesome works of art and they're great you go to their webpage the very first page and it's 18 pictures and they're all gorgeous right and you it, it probably once it will motivate you to buy things right yeah but you can't find the buy button right, right? because they're obsessed with the art too too much right. and they're losing track of the actual tasks that people want to perform For sure. Um, so some some things are a little bit too too art driven some are too tech driven some are definitely too business-driven, where you could see that you know they're starting to get a little bit sleazy. Where it's like, hey, we've we've got a product, and you go to buy it, and the button shifts, and you're buying something more expensive, right? right? And an so, ad in
0: every little every area right. that didn't have something on the <laughs> site's got ads, and there's pop-ups, and you have to close this, so you're not downloading the right file, and all that craziness, right? Yeah.
3: So at one extreme, it's it's unethical, right? But yeah. it's usually just again they put some things in there because they have air quotes business requirements, like right. we have to be able to promote this other product. Okay, good. <laughs> People understand when you're an e-commerce site, that's okay. Right. Right. But now let's get into the details and design it so it actually adds to the experience and doesn't detract. Right. Right. Because if it doesn't feel like an ad that's in the way, if it actually feels like something that matches what you're trying to do, then you will gladly upsell right. to mm-hmm. a, a, a product that costs more because you're you're clear that it has the three extra features that are worth it. Yeah. So. So yeah. Usually it's. One got to of find those that medium things. between
0: right. all of them, the right. center point of that right. diagram. Right, and yeah. it's
3: it's funny you mentioned it because they were making a joke at the UX conference before I came in of we'd like to draw three circles that overlap a Venn diagram. Right, and then UX is always right in the middle of that one. Right, <laughs> so right. so again, there's a diagram that says business, technology, art, or whatever, right. and UX. <laughs> hey, we're the answer. We're at the heart <laughs> of this, and then somebody else will draw three different circles and they'll be in the middle. Yeah, right, right, That's right, okay. right, right. But but just in general, right? It's often. Ah, uh, designing a good experience for people is often balancing those three things, and mm-hmm. there's there's variations, but in general, it's it's those three things.
2: So you're you're also the mastermind behind this conference, and how did that how did this conference right. come to be? If you want to talk about that,
3: so yeah, so a couple years ago, I was you know pretty much working by myself. I I worked for IBM at the time, yeah, and so there was no reason nice. for I, I worked remotely, so and there was no reason for me to hang out with anybody in Toledo because my whole team was somewhere scattered around the world. Right. Right. And so, but it's like, Hey, well, this is lonely. I love my family, but I wanted to go like, go have pizza, go have a beer <laughs> with other people doing similar things. Sure, Right. Sure. So um, at the same time, Stuart Birch was interested in doing the same for, for the IT community and for the entrepreneur mm-hmm. entrepreneurial community. Let's just get together and have beer with other people that would like to do a startup someday yeah. or write a, write yeah. a, write um, some different software. So we just started getting the folks together and then it sort of snowballed. And so we've been sort of keeping that going of doing events to keep those three communities connected. And then just by chance, um, this Rosenfeld Media, they started doing these virtual conferences where they do all the work to set up the program with all these great speakers, that, you know, the top speakers in the world. They get them to commit to this. And for just a couple hundred bucks, they let us stream it in here. Right, right. For a large yeah. crowd. Their normal audience is an individual sitting at home in their pajamas in their bedroom watching <laughs> this. Right. But I didn't see any pajamas. We could here. have been wearing right. pajamas. <laughs>
1: I'm in this suit. Yeah, sweating. That's right. Come and on. so
3: so that's their main core. But I sort of over the years have been talking to like, hey, there's there's value in this one because Yeah, you get people together. We we, we get together, we get right. to have food, we get to check out a new venue. And so it's turned out to be very handy for a community building event. Yeah. And again, it's low cost. Our tickets were only 50 bucks because we don't have to, the speakers are very, very cheap. Yeah. Given, given that we don't have to, a normal conference where you have to pay, pay for hotel right. stays yeah. and all these right. other Travel things. Plus.
1: Got to buy them the right bottle of champagne. Right.
3: Right. <laughs> so, 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 so we'll keep doing this and we can do it with, there's, there's other topics that we can do as more tech topics or whatever. So the basic format works and then we just need to supplement it with some more things face to face. Right. So there's other meetup groups that get together every month for having the beer for having guest speakers, yeah. having, you know, you already had Anthony Fontana. So in yep. a couple of weeks, he's hosting something at Owens Corning where they're going to talk about how their team, how their digital team does design and software development and all this other stuff. And yeah. so with all those as a compliment, you know, one month beer, one month local speaker, every once in a while, a big event like this.
2: Hope, so it's hopefully a,
3: that ahead. builds the community that keeps right. us keeps us going. That's right. awesome.
2: Community building right. is really what it
3: all comes So are you down from to. Toledo originally? Uh, I would say, yes, I'm from Toledo. <laughs>
0: okay.
3: I grew up in Bowling Green. Okay. Right? Sure. And so when I'm talking to most folks, it's, they might separate Bowling Green and Toledo, right. but in, yes. in the big picture, right, when much. I'm on a plane talking to somebody else, I'm from Toledo. Sure. Sure. <laughs> and then I explain, well, I'm probably from the U.S., and I'm from Ohio, and I'm from Toledo. Yeah. Um, uh, but yes, I consider myself from the Toledo area, and part of this is trying to build it up as a regional aspect. Sure. Right? Sure. So, so trying to cross the boundaries, we try to get different meetup groups to, you know, go down to Bowling Green and, you know, we still need to reach out to Lima and Finley and Defiance mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and uh, Fremont more often,
2: but, um, we're getting there.
3: It's, it's right.
2: I noticed today, like in the audience, you have folks from Ann Arbor even coming down. Right. And to... so w-
3: just by luck, some people from Ann Arbor <laughs> find out about, it. I didn't have time to do any marketing in the past I have, yeah. but I, I do have a vision that, that, Toledo could be a great place to draw in people from Ann Arbor, Cleveland, Columbus, Dayton, Chicago even, right, in Detroit, and say, come spend a day or two in Toledo. We'll show you a good time because we have great things like the art museum and the zoo.
0: And oh, you yeah. won't spend very much because everything's very cheap. The, the <laughs> beer is cheap.
3: I, yeah. you know, here's, here's proof that the beer is cheap because <laughs> I, th- I think the chamber's done other research on the, you know, promoting cheap beer as, as a way to do some <laughs> talent attraction, right? Not sp- a bad idea. Sp- right. Spend some time here. Yeah. Do some professional development. Maybe, like, bring the family. So, bring you know, bring the family. Make it a, a weekend event. Yep. And then... Um, see some of our amenities, have a good time. And then also, like, you know, if you're from Detroit, we we hear the people from Detroit and Ann Arbor, this is, you know, what what's happening in Ohio? Well, <laughs> just come across the state line, spend a day in Toledo, and we'll bring the Chicago or we'll bring the Cleveland and Columbus and Dayton and Cincinnati folks to you, and that way they don't have to drive all the way down to Dayton. Yeah. 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 So cool. so we're hoping to do some more things that that attract people outside the region. This one is mostly just for the locals. If you're from... Outside of town, you're welcome to join us, but but we're serving locals first, yeah, yeah, but cool. we're, th- we're thinking maybe late, you know later in the year, if we could do something on a, a big topic around innovation and so on, then we could actually actively start attracting folks from the nearby regions
1: yeah cool we're talking you're talking about a lot of amenities and stuff we got going on in Toledo, so we're going to ask you. Um, do you have any maybe Toledo hidden gems that more people should know about
3: um. I, I prepared for this, right? So yeah. I know, I know nice. what your questions are, right? <laughs> nice. so, So I'm going to go outside your box, and I'm going to say, number one, Miles Pizza in Bowling Green. Oh, so okay. I, cool. I grew up, li- almost literally grew up in Bowling Green, yeah. or li- at Miles Pizza over the years. <laughs> um, <laughs> what kind of pizza do they have there? What they, style? They have... Um, very thick crust, okay. very heavy. Kind of like a Chicago type? Not quite Chicago, okay. but, but a heavy crust, lots of ingredients on top. So like if, if you get the meat lover's pizza and you get a 16-inch, then one slice of pizza is your whole meal. Right on. And so, so that alone feeds, feeds a dozen people. That sounds so, good. it's um, <laughs> so, Pizza. So Miles Pizza in Bowling Green. So cool. that's where I grew up. And then the other will be the New Regal Cafe.
2: It has that? that
3: has ribs in New Regal, Ohio. Okay. How where is New Regal? It is south <laughs> and east of here, about forty minutes. Okay, oh, cool. Right? So it's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Their ribs are amazing, and I, I, I think they, it's like the only business in town, right? They're like <laughs> smoked, smoked ribs, or I don't know how to describe it. It's a different, I, I'm not a rib expert, but it's some weird kind of rib that nobody else has ever done. Okay, cool. Right? So,
0: New Regal so, Cafe right. sounds like we need to make another road trip. Yeah, so, <laughs> so
3: those were the, the sort of ad to oh, get you great. sort of outside the you we, know, lots of great downtown stuff. I spend as much time downtown Toledo as I can. But let's uh, no, that's great. Let's we, let's do some road trip. You know, let's do a road trip to New Regal Absolutely, Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, those are
2: great answers. You know, a lot of times we we get Metro Parks, we get Metro museum, Parks, which are the great. every time, yeah, those, well, yeah, are real, those are already
3: covered. So I right. I, I did yeah. a little bit of research awesome. trying to find something that nobody's covered yet.
2: <laughs> so yeah,
3: Mudhens, eh, Joe can cover it better than I can. Yeah, right? Right, there's no right. reason to mention that. the Mudhens have been covered. It's sure, not exactly right. hidden either. You know, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But so, cool. Great. So I should probably head back. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you for thanks coming, for coming in. Thanks for bringing so us in here. Thanks we for spending it. time with us here, making it convenient yeah. and, and hanging out with the, yeah. the design geeks over <laughs> next door. <laughs> and well, it's been fun so far. Yeah, really let's, let's
1: keep telling stories, right? Yeah, Definitely. exactly. You wanna, where, where can our people find you or any info from this conference?
3: Um, you can go to user-experience.org is one website. And then if you're more IT-focused, you might enjoy techtoledo.com, mm-hmm. right? And then we have sort of a shared calendar that's toledotechevents.org. Okay, cool. That even though it has tech in it, we we add things at the museum. Yeah, that's a pretty comprehensive right. list. So, so we, we try to make it interesting for people that are just willing to hang out with the geeks, cool. but not necessarily <laughs> only for geeks. So there'll be some things in there like at Marathon, in Finley that only the geeks
2: want to go to. Sure, but then yeah. there'll
3: be there'll be some marketing events. There's some different events on, you know, like just other professional development things in general. Yeah. Cool. So we're trying to use that as a
2: things that say geeky, geeky lawyers might be interested in. That's right. <laughs> exactly.
3: Right. And and um, you know, the lawyers probably have their own calendar for all your lawyer stuff, yeah, but come but to this calendar for for geeky, designy, you know, entrepreneurial it,
2: lawyer stuff. It, it's, it's nice me. to hang out with people who aren't lawyers, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> then right, then, then that
3: those that's our audience for that calendar. It's yeah. the people that want to sort of step outside their box and Which is a good to thing to do, for sure. We're, uh-huh. we're we're hoping that it helps. We're hoping that it helps.
2: <laughs> and so. then do you want to plug your business at all? Or?
3: I can. It's, it's Toledo Region Experience Planning, and okay. the URL is trep.org. But again, you know, that's my, that's my local business. That sure. helps pay the bills. Of course. But, you know, if once my bills are paid, I'd rather be here talking with you guys. So, <laughs> awesome. so, us too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just enough <laughs> consulting to, to, to make, make ends meet, and the rest is the community development. That's awesome. great, that's Keith. That's great. Thanks a lot. All right. All right thanks, thanks for having us, Keith. Bye.
2: <laughs> so, just sitting down with us today is one of the organizers of today's UX conference, Stuart Birch. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yes.
4: Okay, awesome. Welcome, Stuart. Well, glad to be here and uh, love what you guys are doing. And Thank I'm you. Glad to be yeah, part thanks for it.
1: inviting us out here.
4: Oh, I'm glad you could make it. Um, we love to have people that are doing cool things in Toledo. Um, show up at things we do. Yeah. So, yeah. It's working out really good
0: so far. Yeah. We, we,
4: we, I haven't had a chance to like catch my breath yet. Yeah, we just, people have been coming in. We've been boom, boom, boom,
2: boom. Yeah. It's been, it's been really fun, actually. Yeah. It's but, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so
1: for, the, for anyone not here, can you give, let them know what's going on at this conference? What are, um, we, what are we doing here all day? It's
4: a Toledo Region UX conference and uh, it's a Rosenfeld media uh, conference that. Uh, Keith has done several of these. I think this is his fifth one. He's done four of these before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does these almost exclusively by himself. I mean, he has people that helps around him, and that includes me, but uh, mm-hmm. he's amazing in doing these conferences. And uh, UX is his thing, and uh, this is this is uh, what he has been doing for the last four years. And, and uh, like I said, I believe this is the fifth one. And uh, uh, he does a great job, and I'm I'm happy to be involved with it. It's I'm an IT guy, so uh, the content itself is interesting. Uh, I went to the first one was and, and loved what he was doing there, and so um, a, as part of Tech Toledo, which is what Keith and I uh, have started to do a little bit more formally recently. Um, this is part of what we're doing as Tech Toledo now. So, um, so tell us what's Tech Toledo. Tech Toledo uh, is just. It Started out with me and Keith uh, volunteering around the community to help connect the tech community in Toledo. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in 2011, uh, in the fall of 2011, there was no real uh, efforts being made to connect the, the community, and we thought, hey, let's 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 get people that are doing cool things in Toledo to come talk about what they're doing once a month. Yeah. So that's how it started. We started uh, doing that. And within a month or two of doing that, several other organizations cropped up. Sure. Uh, so very shortly after that, we decided, well, we really don't need to do this meeting thing every month. So we decided (laughs) to, uh, sort of collapse it down into a, a meta meeting at the end of the year. So we do our mixer at the end of the year. Where all of the tech organizations uh, have their December meeting together, so that's another way where we try to um, get the community to get to know one another and and share information and uh, collaborate. Now, yeah. I, that that end of year meeting, I think it,
2: I I don't know enough about this, but I think when I first met you, it was over at Seed talking about doing this, and you guys were going to that later that night. Is yes. that true? So it was like yeah. a, a dinner thing, right? Yep, yep.
4: Yeah. We call it the year end mixer. It's a big dinner. And we try to get all the tech people in town that, uh, that meet regularly. And we invite as many people as we can to come. And uh, uh, this year we started inviting some people to come down from around the region. And uh, uh, it's grown quite a bit. This is the first year we had to actually pay... For a venue, or because we couldn't <laughs> fit in uh, the previous venues, so... We, where, where were you this year? Uh, we were at the Blarney, and, okay. uh, the Blarney Event Center, and... Oh, so like the little in space, the back. Next, space behind. That yeah, was yeah, actually in the back a, lot that was yeah. a lot of fun. That was a yeah. lot of fun. That yeah. was a lot of fun. It was a good time, so... It's a cool room back there. It is a cool room, yeah. So we had uh, cl- you know close to 100 people, 80 to 100 people. It was, nice. it was a great turnout. Awesome.
2: And, um, do you, am I wrong that do you guys also like maintain a calendar of events
4: and yeah, stuff? Yeah, there's a or? community calendar, tech calendar. Um, it's tech dot or no, it's uh, what is it? Toledotechevents.org. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, yeah. And it also, you guys have an app that I follow along with the Tech Toledo app. It just, it just files in all those events.
4: Uh, the, yeah, there's a, there's a app for the calendar. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's the, it's, it's not the Tech Toledo app. We have our own website, but, uh, there's a, there's an app for the Toledo tech events. That's great, and that's nice to have too. I yeah. always use the website, but <laughs> so Stuart, what's your day job <laughs> is it, is that's a good question <laughs> I, I i have uh i'm doing various things right now okay. I've, been, I've been uh i've i've had uh, sort of an, an odd existence in that uh, that's, that's
2: fun to talk about yeah that,
4: right? i I grew up in the jewelry business and hmm. through an entrepreneurial family and uh, so um, my father started a jewelry business in 1949 after World War II, and I, I grew up in that. And um, that's what I was going to do yeah, so that, yeah. in my first life. So that was my first life. And he had a uh, Hallmark card store and a trophy business and some real estate. And sure. so that's what I was going to do. And I went to BGSU to get my degree and came back to uh, work in the jewelry business. What, what degree did you get to go with the jewelry business? <laughs> well, I went to school for business. I was going okay, get, to get a business, a business degree, degree, right? Okay. So I got the general business and took a few computer classes, and I liked them a lot. Sure. And I took a few more, and I liked them a lot. And I realized I liked the computer classes more than the business classes. So <laughs> right. eventually I wised up and changed uh, majors and, and changed my major to computer science. Okay, awesome. So I got a CS degree. Nice. And, um it's
1: funny. I did the opposite.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You find your, you find your calling in school. That's part of, part of the reason to go. So, yeah. so was your family disappointed that you didn't want to do the, the jewelry business? Anymore? No, actually that, that's another story. You know, I went back and spent a couple years uh, in the business and, um, I had gotten my gemology, uh, degree. I, I'm a graduate gemologist. Cool. I went to the GIA in, in California, got that. Um, I, I did everything there is to do in the jewelry business. I, I learned uh, the, the benchwork, and I did all the bench work, the goldsmithing. Awesome appraisals. Right. You're everything. Tossing some terms out here that I don't know, <laughs> so I assume are. But what is benchmark? Uh, be, no, the benchwork. Benchwork, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. the benchwork. Yeah. So I did all the jewelry repair, the diamond, the settings, and oh, okay, the sizing rings, the creating jewelry, designing stuff. So, okay, okay. So I did all that stuff. So I, I, <laughs> I've really done everything. I've, I've. Um, you know, fixed watches and clocks and the whole bit. So are I, you married? Uh, I was. Did you make your own wedding ring? I did design the wedding ring for wow. my That's ex-wife. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah, That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. But she a, liked that. She loved it.
0: It's a nice, <laughs> it's a nice ring. Yeah. But. So
4: then
2: uh, at some point, though, you got out of the jewelry business. I did.
4: Like. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't take long. It took a couple of years before, uh, you know, I wanted to expand the business because uh, you know, I was a young, young buck coming back, say, Hey, let's grow this thing. Let's do more. And and I was, I was a go-getter and wanted to, to, to open another store because we only had one business and sure. a lot of jewelry stores have multiple stores. And, and I realized before long, my dad was sort of in that retirement, you know, mindset where he'd spent all this time paying off all the debts. And, you know, he was sort of in that, uh, trajectory for retirement and just wasn't really excited about opening a new store and right. borrowing a lot of money. Right. 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 Of course. Yeah. So I had to decide whether it was a good idea to sort of be at odds with my dad for the next however many years or, um, go somewhere else. And I had that conversation with him and I wanted to stay, have a great relation. I, I had a great relationship with my dad who's, who's now deceased, but had a great relationship with my dad and I wanted to keep it that way. Yeah. Sure. And, um, And I talked to him about going back to school, getting my master's in computer science. And he said, hey, the jewelry business is changing a lot. It's not at all like what it was when he started the business. And he said, I think that's a great decision. Go back. Get your master's. Computers are the way to go. That's the future. So that's what I did. I got my master's and met my wife. Sounds like a wise man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he was. He was a good guy. Yeah.
0: That's
4: cool.
2: And then, uh, so then you go get your master's and then and what, what sort of computer stuff have you been doing? Like what, what's your, well, I met, forte? I met,
4: I met my wife and in, in, uh, when I was getting my master's and, um, uh, she's a marketing person and, yeah. and, uh, um, I we, she was a professor at BG and, yeah. um, we talked about me being a professor. And so I, uh, decided to go to Ohio state in the PhD program. I started down there and was going to get a PhD and basically teach. Yeah. So I was down there for about a year and a half, and um, it was it was difficult uh, for many reasons, uh, not the least of which was my wife was on sabbatical and, and was in Washington, D.C. for 19 weeks, and I traveled there to see her. Wow. Uh, she lived in Bowling Green and was teaching in BG, and I was at Ohio State living in a little tiny apartment <laughs> with a $1,000 a month stipend, right. and, you know, it's like... Uh, <laughs> And I had to redo all the, 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 the terminal master's courses at Ohio State, which I was involved in doing that while I was taking uh, PhD-level courses, uh, and commuting back home on the weekends. We wanted to try to start a family. Right. So there was a lot of pressure. It was difficult. And um, uh, a, a company came in and offered me a job to fly to Neptune, New Jersey one day a week, Whoa. Uh, live in Bowling Green, and pay me real money. So I said... <laughs> sold. Right. So I bailed out of that and started consulting and, uh, I, I did that gig. And then I was hired, um, to do, uh, a gig for a window manufacturer in Toledo, um, as a consultant, then they hired me to be their, um, director of it. And, uh, and, and the rest is kind of history. I did a lot of consulting. So, yeah. cool. um, yeah. and I eventually started my own consulting company doing big email systems. Cause I ran Owens Corning's e- global email wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, for a couple of years and, um, had a great time with that learned a ton about email and then did my own email company in the in in, in that time my wife's company took off and started going gangbusters and what was your email company called ecom group cool so that that's what i did there and i I worked for the local hospitals and you know um, oakland county schools yeah (laughs) different places um yeah so but my wife's company took off and did really well and uh, she was traveling a ton and I decided that, uh, it made more sense for one of us to stay home and raise our two boys. We had two boys at that time. So yeah. one was born in 1990, the other 94. So the nineties was a bit of a blur. <laughs> All uh, right. I understand that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a great time. And I, I, I actually closed my business down around, uh, 94.5 in that area and decided to stay home and be the one that was going to be around for the kids. Sure. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, Honorable. Yeah. So, Honorable I, man, so I did that Stewart. for a long time until my, my youngest headed out, um, which was around the same time I got divorced. <laughs> so, so now I'm an empty nester and, and going back into it and, and having a great time doing that. So I know uh, so I'm sort of on a, yet another life. So, so right. right now are you doing more consulting work or doing some consulting work? I'm, I'm, um, I've been working on startup companies. Um, yeah. uh, I had a, a regular job in 2014, um, so I'm doing various things. Sure. So yeah. I'm involved with a lot of interesting things. I'm, Fingers and many pies. Yeah, I'm working with my sister in Phoenix. Uh, she's a professional golfer, and so I'm doing something. Whoa, your sister's a pro golfer. Yeah, she's LPJ player. Um, cool. What, bit, what's her name? Jackie Birch. So okay. she she's been an LPJ player for a long time. She she's she's past her prime in that she's kind of in the re, with the retirement crowd. Um, so I get to I get to hang out with all of the. The X lpga pros <laughs> that are a lot of fun. Uh, but once you're on the tour for, I think it's 10 years, you, you sort of get your lifetime card. Right, you can so, always yeah. be so, on it if you want to so be on it. So she was on it for like 12 years, so she's got her lifetime card. and she Did she
0: do the Jamie Farr it. tournament then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, nice. I caddied
4: for a couple of years doing it, that. No, oh, yeah. that's a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> that, was, that was a ball. So, yeah, whole family loves golf, so... Oh, D- Danny, Danny just, I'm Danny's Googling. Googling. Yeah. <laughs> Jackie Birch. Any one of these? Um, this one, maybe?
1: There's too many. No. You, I just Googled Jackie Birch LPGA. Danny, this is yeah. an audio product. product. This
0: <laughs> is keep going yeah, on. but if the,
1: if his sister was hot, the audience wanted to know, okay? I'm not the only one
4: thinking Danny, that.
0: Danny, Danny, okay. His 23-year-olds these days are just out of control. Yeah, out of control.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what he's thinking about. <laughs> right, right.
2: <laughs> so, um, okay. And, and one thing we like to ask people out uh, is is there a hidden gem
4: in Toledo that you think more people need to know about? Oh, man, there's so many hidden. Everything's hidden in Toledo, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. um, yeah, No, we've got, the, you know, the, the big stuff's amazing. That's always great. The, the, you know, the museum, the zoo, and the mud hens. Sure. Um, yeah. uh, I think Toledo's got some great food that's fun. Um, What's your favorite restaurant? Um, there's so many, okay, um, okay. I actually put them on my, I put, made a list on my, uh, my, my website. That's stuartbirch.com. So, it, yeah, yeah. so Stuart there's Birch, a, sure. uh, yeah, stuartbirch.com has a list of food, my favorite food places. Do you, do you update that? Do you maintain that? Is um, it... n- not so much. I've added a few things, but, um, what, w- what was at the top of the list? Oh, for Toledo, uh, man, I tell you, there, there, there's so many good places. Um, I hate to say, but, um, you know, QQ Kitchens a, is yes, a fun place. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, uh, talking to two guys right here. go All, there. Oh, all wow. the Mediterranean food is amazing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't really matter where you go. Our Mediterranean food, our Lebanese food is yeah. so much better than everywhere else in the country. Well, it's it, just you can't incredible.
0: even get it anywhere else. like other places in the country. Yeah, like I go, go don't to don't Arizona. Lebanese yeah. food. They don't yeah. even know what you're talking about when you yeah. mention, you know, you say, grape leaf. Yeah, fatush, give me, give me yeah. Like, what? What is that?
4: Tabuli or, tabouli or tabouli, yeah, yeah, rock hibby. Mm. yeah. So we're all spoiled in that department. So I, I love that food, and I, I know I, none of the things you guys eat. Danny,
0: <laughs> well, we need to we need to go over to uh, Biblos and and oh, yeah. Or actually, some... <laughs> Sidon
2: just opened, which is uh, I'm gonna plug this place real quick. It, it it's it used to be the Middle East market over by Inverness on Door, mm-hmm. but then they moved and they had, to a bigger location on Bancroft, just west of Idaho Hills and uh so they still have the market and before they had kind of like a lunch counter with mm-hmm. with the best falafel in toledo might mm, I, add.
0: Falafel. I mean they,
2: they they do falafel right it's not too <laughs> not too dry mm, not too wet falafels. but now <laughs> now they have like this brick oven where they bake their own bread and do all these like pies and stuff and uh my daughter was baptized and we had our post-baptism party there and it was to die for amazing. it oh so really i have good. had it then. amazing you brought over uh, the leftovers. Yeah, I brought over leftovers to your house the other week. That it was, it was it good. Was very right? good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So Sidon, that's what that. And, and it's like a little more low key than Beirut and Biblos and stuff.
0: But right. Yeah. Right. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I love Biblos. <laughs> it's just very, very cool atmosphere, kind of dark, darkly yeah. lit and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Really old <laughs> chairs kind and of steakhousey and sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah, just they're great. running
4: through like Grape Leaf Express up on Monroe Street is like amazing. Yep. Yeah, it's like for sure. And, that's great. and rumors and stuff right. like that. It's like, man, that's good food.
0: And then there's on, on Monroe, there's the Tiger Bakery, which is kind yeah. of just a little yep. takeout place. And, and they are near my very cheap, very good. Go they're out, awesome. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, yeah, we could talk about
0: food. We could talk about Lebanese
2: food all day. <laughs> yeah, we could.
0: <laughs>
2: so, Stuart, thank you so much for stopping by. Yeah, totally thanks, thanks for, for putting it. this on no, yeah, bringing this and bringing out. Yeah, we appreciate Great it. This is so awesome. You could come. It was Absolutely. And
1: that's a, us a cute, cute little private room. Anything else you anyways. want
4: to plug before you go? Or uh, I don't think so We're at the moment. Okay, cool. All right, well, thanks a lot. Thanks. Great. Thanks.